0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Manchester Football Social. Forever Blue with Ian Cheeseman. Afternoon. Welcome to another Forever Blue. All things Manchester City each and every Tuesday right here on Excess Manchester. 106.1 FM. Part of the Football Social. Five days a week from six till seven every weekday. And alongside me, Ian cheese is Paul Lake, the City legend that is Paul Lake. And we're smiling as usual because City, back in business, winning as normal at Arsenal at the weekend. Well,
0: you know, we've always said, Cheesy, that uh, you go to certain certain grounds and it's going to be a tough game. You go to Arsenal where they've got a new manager, loads of expectation, loads of hype, you know, uh, exciting times for their Arsenal moving forwards, new players, and, and we turn up. Don't really get out of second gear, That's that sounds really arrogant, but I think it's if you is safer. the whole 19-plus minutes, you probably give over all our performance compared to what we've been like, a 6 out of 10. And 6 out of 10 was good enough to beat Arsenal too. and to be fair, it should have been more. Down the year, City's record at Arsenal has been poor. I've been to loads of
2: games at the old Highbury. I don't know, if you ever, have you ever been back to Highbury? Have you seen what's happened to it? No. I actually went into the old complex. I knew what they were doing, I'd seen pictures of it, I made a point... On Sunday before the game of going had to get permission and everything, and they've actually got um, lots of apartments or flats. There's there's even a uh, you know there's a a fitness centre as part of it. But anyway, there are different uses of these four stands because they kept the framework of the stands but used it for for shopping not shopping housing complexes. And in the middle, they've kept a green which is like a combination of a flat bit of grass and some reeds and a bit of a pond and whatnot. So, but the integrity of the shape of the stadium on the outside and the inn still looks like Highbury. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, it's class though, isn't it? Yeah. And I was thinking, I'm stood on the penalty
0: on the uh, centre circle there, where Lakey once stood. Yeah, yeah. Where well, we got we got smacked for one. That's not in the yellow shirt. Let's forget that one quickly, <laughs> if i were you. <laughs>
2: but the record, of course,
0: at the Emirates now is is so much better, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And obviously, the last time we were there, the three nil, uh, and 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 that was that was probably we talk about perfect football. The goals that we scored and Leroy Sarno, who we'll come and talk about in a minute, Leroy Sarno was absolutely unplayable. He was electric, wasn't he, that night? Well, I've obviously watched various different
2: performances there and, and analysed it, and now we've watched two sort of competitive games because people all know about whether Community Shield is a real game, but two competitive games, two comfortable victories, no goals conceded, Chelsea and Arsenal, two of the, the big six, if you want to call them that, and I've walked away both times and found myself saying to my mate, Were City really good? Were the opposition poor? Because we saw what Chelsea did on the opening day of the season at Uddersfield, we don't know about Arsenal because we haven't seen them play again since then. So what? What do you think? Were City very good? I mean, I, I get what you're saying about not getting out of second gear, but people were also saying, weren't they poor Arsenal? Weren't they poor Chelsea? But is it not City that, that makes those
0: teams look poor? Or were they poor? I think you could probably level that up being a combination of the two, to be honest with you, uh, Cheesy. I mean, it's certainly uh, Arsenal at times uh, were quite efficient with the ball. They did look a threat on the occasion and the, on, on their counter-attack. Uh, certainly because, you know, when, when we go forward and go forward in numbers, there are going to be gaps appear when you give the ball away. That goes without saying. But when all said and done, I, I felt John Stones was comfortable and Emerick and, uh, and Laporte. So um, in terms of... I'd, I'd suggest that actually Arsenal were were a level below where they should be at. In terms of Chelsea, obviously you had uh, Kante and, and Azad were not on the pitch. They had a, um, it was Caballero was in goal. So you could probably argue that it wasn't their strongest side anyway. And certainly it was a different momentum that they brought into the Huddersfield Town game. So they, they're going to be stronger. Arsenal will get better. But again we come back to City, there, there is so much more to come from this team. I mean, that was just, it's a taster. It was almost like the graphic equaliser we always talk about. You know, it was like literally two minutes of take it up, bring it down, take it up, bring it down, see the game off and away we go. And that's what it felt like. But it was at a canter, wasn't it? With music mogul Paul Lake to tonight on the show. We're obviously
2: <laughs> talking football, but a little bit of music in there as well, if you can imagine a graphic equaliser. That's a very good way of actually talking about it. One per- one fan contacted me today and said have you noticed, and it made me think, have you noticed a different approach from Pep's team this year? That instead of it being all centric on passing and keeping possession that there was more of a mixture of long balls thrown into either this game or the Chelsea game. And I thought, well you know, that I've not really looked it like that yet, so I'm going to ask an expert. Well,
0: I've got you, Lakey, Come on, is it true? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. That it, in in terms of that's what Pep has has added to the to his philosophy, if you will. I think that's always been the case. Where that's down to the individual in that moment to make that that decision, and and certainly. The, I would agree that there has been occasions where there has been longer balls played, and certainly with Mendy on the pitch, he needs to settle into the side. I still think he's raw. I mean, he's wonderful, you know, when he's at his he's at his best and he's fresh and he's exciting and he's he's such a a character. He's charismatic, and you know, we kind of love him in the side. And but the but he needs to get better, and I think he he will do. I think his quality on the ball at times, you know, in his decision making has been poor, and I think that's something that you know Pep will be mindful of. And sometimes when that efficiency in certain pockets of the pitch how we'll look at those triangles being played and playing you know, through the lines and getting into the pockets I know and, and finding different ways to get to play around teams when someone isn't showing that same kind of willingness to be in the right body position to be able to receive the football sometimes they'll opt for passing it So you longer. don't think that's pep? So I don't think that's pep right. I just think that it's the individual decision makers that are doing that but at the same time it's it's a long pass it's not. It's not a long pole getting rid of it. It's. It is. You know. But there has been one or two occasions where. Yeah, you argue that we were under the cosh a little bit before the second goal against Arsenal. You know, and they did have some pressure. You'd expect that they're at home. You know, it's a full house. It's a new manager, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and clearing the lines once or twice we did do that and maybe a little bit more than we have seen in the past but again there's so many this is multifactorial the reasons why we approached the game how we did and the fact that you've still got players coming back from the World Cup you still got players that are getting their touch and their timing back I mean let's be honest Edison has been immaculate last season and that was probably his poorest game giving the ball away he did look rusty so it's getting that out of the system as well and the euphoria of last season and the dizzy heights coming back from that and getting back to right it's been as usual now, and there's still that the only human beings. when you've been on cloud nine for as long as we have, you know, and a hundred points, and so many, you know, breaking records left, right, and centre. Players going to the World Cup and doing very, very well, you know, and coming back with, you know, with the world with, as a World Cup winner as well. You've got all that to try and contend with in in a human brain to try and then come back to business as usual. So there are players that are going to be a little bit off the off the mark, and perhaps going to give them that latitude. But a couple of games in, he'll be expecting what we know Pep will be expecting, which is nothing than nothing nothing less than a an eight and a nine out of ten. That question might have slightly been motivated by the fact that, for example, City play
2: in Huddersfield next. And last season they came and defended and defended very successfully and came away with a draw. People will forget that because it was on the day when the trophy was presented, but they achieved their goal and actually ran City quite close in the game over in Huddersfield as well. And I expect them to do the same sort of thing. And so there's, there's also a train of thought that other teams now will start to think, ah, this is how City play. They do this, they pass it around. And then they looked for a gap, and this person who was contacting me was wondering whether Pepper thought right. We need to vary things a little bit more, but we'll see. We'll see. eh?" But
0: but again, I mean, it's it's a very good point that that he makes. Is that is that it it was difficult, you know, against Huddersfield Town? They they did come with an agenda. And you felt that they, their their final game, is home game of the season against Arsenal, of all people, you know, all teams, was going to be one that would get out of jail. But actually, they were convincing against City and getting a draw. And also against Chelsea, at Chelsea. And fair, play through them. And they're very, very organised. But at the same time, I didn't expect Chelsea to go and beat them 3-0. And I believe that one or two of their players feel as though they need to be playing more. And I think David Wagner will say, hang on a minute, no, this is, how we, this is how, we, how we set out. This is our structure. And they are very, very organised organized they're physical they're going to get in your face, so we have to we have to find a way but this as, as I said last season and you heard me say it, you know when, a, when our players go out onto the pitch, you know it's like uh, a quarterback. You know, they've got so many options in their head. So when a ball's in a certain area of the pitch, they've got three, four, five options. It was a great picture on social media and it showed a position where we've passed the ball into the attacking third and there's literally almost like a hexagon of players. Brilliant. I was going to bring that up, actually. Yeah, yeah. That,
2: that's the opposite side of that
0: argument, exactly, isn't it? Exactly. So it shows you that, you know, that willingness to be able to run the extra sort of five ten yards to be able to to have that you know be, be on for the ball be available for the ball always giving players options when they're on the ball so that's what happens when you're playing certain areas of the pitch but at the same time still keeping that width and with the best intentions in the world if you're if you're chasing shadows for 60 seventeen minutes then it, it's it's mentally it destroys you And and Huddersfield were clinging on for dear life, against us, and and there was a little of the fact that the season was was done and we were getting the trophy anyway. There's a little bit of that in that game, and you can be forgiven for that, can't you, mate? I mean, of course you uh, can. How, how, how incredible were we all last season? So it, it's but it's going to be interesting now because there's different dynamics And, As again, you know, we'll we'll talk about this in terms of Leroy Sane. Well, let's get on um, to Leroy Sane whenever yeah. you're ready. Yeah, well, again, this is something which is fascinating to see our left hand side. Um, you know, it's been mentioned by lots of City fans uh, and by one or two of the pundits. You know, Mendy's come back now. Mendy's very attack-minded and he plays high up the pitch. You know, he's so quick and, you know, he's, he's trying to get forward at every opportunity. Now, he, when what space is he going into? The space that Leroy Sane occupied for all last season. Which, Which yes, means Sane's got to do something else, does it? Well, it, it may be. Now, Leroy can switch. We know that. He's done that in the past, you know, and, and, and he's done it... A great success and we saw Sterling and Mahrez switch exactly so that's something which you know is going to happen but at the same time when you're when you're as a wide player when you heard uh, Whitey talking about it last week is that you don't want someone that's always going to run into your space it's to, to, to go and support you to give you that option but Leroy's, Leroy seems to be a little bit um I'm going to say rusty again but it, it seems to be a little bit out of sorts do you think I just, there's any hangover from the World Cup? Well, maybe there's a little bit of disappointment, you know, that deep-rooted sadness that this was my chance. I'm in a rich fan of form. I've got young player of the year in the Premier League. I'm desperate to go out on the world stage and show what I can do for my country. And he wasn't even involved. So and he's a player who needs an arm around the shoulder. So, so maybe at this moment in time, Pep is needing to give um, Leroy a bit more love. Now, he did it all last year. He did it himself. He was on two feet and he destroyed teams single-handedly at times. Do you remember the game against Newcastle? I mean, wow, that was breathtaking to see. And and that's how exciting it can be. But at this moment in time, he may be feeling a little bit vulnerable, a little bit fragile. You've obviously got Mahrez coming in, and Mahrez is a top, top draw player, and he will raise the standards, and this will give more competition for Leroy, for Raheem Sterling, for Bernardo Silva. Bernardo straight away thought, do you know what? I need to get back early and get into my Dry straight away, I mean, and he's boy, in the grand run, and boy, runner. boy, has he done that? You <laughs> saw in the states what he was like, yeah. and again, you know, at the weekend he was he was probably our best player. I think know? so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and he's it is fantastic guy to have around, isn't he? You just you just see that personality about him. But coming back to Leroy Sané, you want him to be, you want him to feel that love again. You want him to to, to be able to express himself like he did last season. We've got Davidsilva to come back, and he will give that left side a bit more balance as well. You know, and and at the same time, then be able to to look to try and get that combination player back going. I feel as though, as I say, we we've, we looked comfortable. I always felt that we had far too much for Arsenal, far too much. But I, we want we want our, our players to, to be back, to get that, that vein of form back that, that certain players show, especially in why there is the attacking players. But if there's anything that's off the pitch that can be dealt with, I'm sure that Pep Guardiola, with a talented man that he is, and, and the people person that he is, he'll recognise it and work on it. But again, it has to happen quite quickly because they'll be expecting every single game now to improve, to improve, to improve. And I'd suggest that by Christmas time, you know, Pep Guardiola is expecting to be, you know, maybe two, three teams in it, but already a a proper gap starting to appear by putting teams to the sword. And that's when, you know, your top players really have to come good. Luckily, by one or two players that have raised it in those moments to be that player last season, often it was Kev De Bruyne, this, These are already, you know, Bernardo Silva showed that Raheem, after all the abuse that Raheem Sterling has had, and Ian Wright was on a rant last night on BBC Radio 5 Live about it, talking about the element of racism with England fans towards Raheem Sterling and that that that, that bitterness towards him and not what not him to succeed, even with an England shirt on, which is a sad indictment, but what does Raheem do? dusts himself down, he comes back onto the pitch and he does that. You know, and that's that's a character. That's something that you want in your changing room. You know, so it shows you that there's players that I've already saying to Pep, don't believe in me out don't believe in me out and that's where Leroy Sani has to get back to The interview he did after the game actually Raheem Sterling was lovely
2: to hear because he was so he sounded so desperate to get back in the team Mm. and wanted to have his place he he didn't want to leave the door slightly open for anybody to go into I was really impressed with that with that interview obviously this week David Silver's announced his international retirement um, which I can't help thinking most City fans who idolise David Silver, like I'm sure we do Mm -hmm. um, will think oh that's not a bad thing he won't be going away every uh, international break and playing two games he gets a little bit of a rest can, can there be any downsides to him hanging up his international boots
0: from a City's perspective of course uh, I don't, I don't think so. No, and obviously side of the of the, the travelling and the risk of injury. I mean, again, sometimes players can go away with the international side, and like David was scoring goals for fun, and it may be that scoring goals for Spain got him into that goal scoring vein of form for City last season, and he scored like Raheem scored some key goals for us, you know, important moments in games, and you want David to be as fresh and as happy and as comfortable. His child's now all sorted out, his family's in a good place, which is wonderful to hear for every City fan. That wishes him so so much love in, in that situation and he'll come back and be one of the leaders on the pitch that experienced head with Vincent Company, with Nick Otamendi Kyle Walker's an experienced player now so he's going to be and obviously Sergio so we're looking at players that are going to be leaders and so David Silva's in a good place he's settled and you know there's a bit there's still that ego of you know I I'm still good enough to be in this team and what we've got now, uh, Cheesy, in, in my opinion, we've got lots of competition. Nick Otamendi scored some very important goals for last season and played very, very well. And could argue been our best defender last season. You know, when he's not starting. It's Laporte and John Stones. So they're knocking on the door. Vincent Kompany will not want to be sat on the bench for too long. You know. So you've got. Do we read anything to the fact it was Stones and Laporte at, at Arsenal? Well, maybe, maybe not. You know, but certainly, I'm a firm believer that if you've got a left-sided centre-half, you need to have that balance. I think it's very difficult. You know, and, and R- Richard Dunn is a case in point. You know, what alleged legend Dunn he was for Manchester City. But how many times did he look so awkward and uncomfortable and playing left side, but nobody else would do that? You know, and that rhythm, you know, that, that way you you, you you receive the ball, you open your body up, or that, that can be key split-second moments where you're going to lose that in a game where someone closes you down. And all because your body position is not right because you're on your own foot. And that's something that Laporte is is lovely on the football. He's got great quality. He's got good strength. He reads the game very well. And he'll get better but Nick Otamendi and Vinnie Company are going to put pressure on them. But, and I don't, don't mean this in a, in a horrible way, it's just a debating point, when Julian
2: Lescott played on the left-hand side of City's central defence, he was left-sided, so he's exactly what Laporte was. I sometimes felt that Julian Lescott was, and my mate, who I talk to a lot about football, um, um, says this more eloquently, really, than me, but he says that um, some players who are one-footed are actually one-sided the whole way that they play it's almost like they look off balance when they're on the other side of the body now I don't think Laporte looks like that clearly players like Messi don't look like that even though they're very one-footed but I did think sometimes that Lescott did look a little bit like that so it isn't just about being a left-footed left-sided defender and right-footed right-sided defender
0: it's about being balanced isn't it it is and it's about being comfortable and receiving the ball in those areas and and, and again we talk about what city you work on it's like when you talk about grass. football, you know, about simple... Preparation before Start of training Really sort of takes uh, To the next level Is that is passing and receiving Passing and receiving You know And, and it seems like How many times do you say Oh City did like 800 passes in a game But it was literally it was seven passes That were just You know It it's literally is a case of Just changing the angle Of your body position So that you can You can see that pass You can make that pass And yeah. like you say there About Laporte You know he is very balanced Left foot and right foot Swivel hips I think every City player Has to have swivel hips He'd be they, a good dancer Yeah he? they have to have that <laughs> That rotation ability and no disrespect to, to to Julian Escott who was a very good player for city you know and obviously you know a title winner and played some excellent games for us but it, I think even with Laporte he could be better than Julian over time consistently better and and there therein lies your the, it, that that balance that we've always talked about especially when the balls are in the channels in those areas so when when your good friend was talking about sometimes having that long ball option you know that different option that's what laporte has got if you've got a right-sided player in that moment, having to check back means the whole dynamic of the pitch changes your angles change, your options change and you end up being slightly negative and seen as negative and Pep wants to get forward at every opportunity and when you have that balance in, in those areas it means that that can be the first pass that you look for. I can't help
2: thinking that's one of the reasons why when he first came in Pep saw strengths in collar off because he used to love to switch the ball from one side to another which Laporte can do, you're quite right, to highlight like that now you're listening to Forever Blue I'm Ian Cheesman this is Paul Lake, the City legend next to me uh, later we're going to be talking to Sean Golter, the City striker former City striker 103 goals only half of what uh, Guero's done so he <laughs> can't have been very good Sean can I? I'm joking if you're listening Sean we'll get him on a little bit later on right. we've got another City striker former City striker uh, coming up Darius Vassell who I saw at, at Arsenal at the weekend so he's on in just a moment <laughs>
0: This is the Manchester Football
2: Social, Forever Blue, with Ian Cheeseman. And we're talking about Manchester City for the next 30-odd minutes. Uh, Paul Light, the City legend, is alongside me. I'm Ian Cheeseman. We've been uh, going through the Arsenal game and different tactical permutations. And you know one City striker that I bumped into while I was down at the Emirates on Sunday? A certain Darius Vassell was there uh, mulling over the game, talking with his uh, expertise on on what had happened. And he joins us now. Evening, Darius. Good evening, Ian.
1: Uh, How are you? Did you enjoy the game uh, at Arsenal? I'm at work. Yeah, yeah, I was at the game obviously. Um, I had a bit of time off so I was invited down to do a bit of TV media work and really enjoyed the game.
2: Fantastic. Were were City good? Were Arsenal poor? How did you analyse it?
1: I thought the teams, both teams were um, obviously experimenting first game of the season. Both were fielded strong teams. Obviously City always do that with obviously the strength that they've got within their squad. I think um, City were, you know, rightfully so, uh, the better team on the day, and they won. What seemed like it was comfortably. Uh, I think Arsenal could have done a little bit better, but um, I thoroughly expected City to win. Um, and my prediction was 2-1. Actually, so it's a shame Arsenal didn't get the goal. Obviously, you
2: played up front, so you would look particularly at something like Aguero or Jesus. And yeah. I wonder, as a, as a f- former striker, uh, obviously you don't yeah. play anymore, would you? would you relish playing in a Pep Guardiola team or would you think, oh, I've got to play differently for this fella?
1: Of course, yes, certainly. um, With so many creative players, so many um, areas of the field where goals can come from, um, it's very exciting, you know, to to think of yourself in a team with so many players around you like that. Obviously Aguero, who I thought was pretty quiet on the day, um, he did have his one-on-one chance. Because he normally comes out of the games, whether he's uh, lively or quiet, with a couple of goals. And he'll be disappointed he didn't score. But again, you know, you're playing in a team, you know, like Man City. um, You're going to get a chance at some point within the 90 minutes. Would you
2: have squared that ball, Darius, or would you have gone for goal?
1: I would have ran as fast as I can towards the keeper and tried to go around him and put it into an empty net. But I think... um, I think of where I was in, um, a couple of two miles. I saw him looking back, um, to see how much, you know, time and space that he'd got and I think those few seconds that he was looking back he wasn't actually thinking about, you know, the finish that was going to be required.
2: You know what, now you've said that, I can picture you actually doing that. I know that's what you would have done. Because <laughs> Sergio, he could have chipped in theory. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne was coming up. I can uh, absolutely, in my mind's eye, see Darius Rissell, mm-hmm. head bowed down, and Lakey's nodding <laughs> alongside me, yeah, going was. round the keeper and tucking it away. That would have been you.
1: I would have done my best to do that, yeah. I would have tried to use what pace I had, you know, and, and, and just keep that distance between the last defender and myself as big as possible and make the keeper make a decision because obviously you're running at 100 miles an hour towards the goalkeeper. He's got to make a decision, as otherwise you're going you're gonna to collide. So it makes it a little bit easier to go around him. But I think Aguero is, is a great finisher. He will be disappointed in that. But at the same time, he's coming off the pitch, 2-0 victory. And um, that's what it's all about. It's a team game.
0: Hi, Drys. I just want to ask you a, you a question. We, we came up uh, earlier, you know, Ian, and I was speaking and we were saying that, um, you know, this, this season, you know, looking at how other teams have strengthened in certain areas, certain Liverpool are stronger. Other teams have invested heavily, fallen wolves, etc. cetera. D- do, do you feel that because of how dominant City were last season that lots of clubs are going to try and set up a different way to combat how they play?
1: Well, I've always said that um, with a team you know, as good as City, as great as they're playing right now, and with the talent that they've got within their squad, to actually beat City, I believe that you've got to you know, beat them at what City do, you've got to be better at them at what City are doing, and you probably need City to have an off day. Um, I think teams are now looking at it now. You see teams now, they're trying to you know, play football from the back, play out from the back, have goalkeepers who are willing to receive the ball and distribute it. Um, a lot of teams are adopting that style now, and I think that it's going to take a team to do that better than City on the day. Um, but I think for the majority of the season City having done it, you know, season upon season now, they're still gonna be, you know, champions and, you know, rightfully so probably be better at playing that style for the for the foreseeable future anyway.
2: As a footballer who Enjoyed the game, but then I'm suppose whoever I spoke to probably said the same. You know that they enjoyed the game. Would you? Do you relish the way that the game is changing, which is sort of what Lakey's hinting at—that maybe because of the way City are playing—and you're saying the way to combat that is to play the same way. That maybe some of the negativity is going out of modern-day football. We saw, we see phases in the sport, don't we? Where uh, counter-attacking football or negative football works. Do you? Do you like the fact that the football? At the moment, is this playing it out from the back and passing?
1: Um, yes and no. I, I mean, I think it obviously depends on your manager. It depends on where you are in the league at the time and how important you know those three points are to you and how much you believe you can win the football match. Cause at the end of the day, teams that you know, go out to beat City playing an open style. They leave themselves vulnerable because City can get from one penalty area to the other in in two or three passes quite easily and, you know, set themselves up for goal, as they did, you know, against Arsenal on a couple of occasions. So there's also teams that will sit back and try and defend their box. And and I think City are great at threading those needle passes and and keeping the ball for for long periods of time and and, and eventually breaking teams down, as Sterling did with his goal. You know, um, some fine work on the edge of the box, cutting in onto his right foot. You know, and, uh, and and finishing superbly. So, City have a variety of ways of scoring goals, and a lot of that's due to you know um, the talent within the team, and obviously the way that they play together, and the knowledge that they have about each other, and the belief that they have in each other, and all of these things are built are built up over a period of time, and that's the advantage that City have got you know, over everybody else. I think Liverpool managed to do it a couple of times last season. But we're talking about one team and a couple of times that, you know, City, you know, weren't able to, you know, dominate teams in the way that they have done against everybody else. And I think every great team, you know, they deserve, you know, one slip up, you know, at least. And um City, you know, I'm sure they're not, you know, worrying about that game so much, you know, this season at the end of the day they carried on playing the same way that they always play. And Needy actually, you know, I think one of the results it was four three in the end and then actually, you know, got back in to the game so I think for the time being City you know they they own this style they've adopted it and they brought it to the Premier League and have you know got a lot of teams following them but um I don't see anybody for now maybe Chelsea I'm not sure see how they are this season you know being able to combat them you know week in week out you know and give them a, a stern test
0: yeah yeah I mean certainly Darius I mean we were talking as well um I say around goalkeepers and around I mean, Edison by his standards, probably was his his weakest game for City, but obviously he's not played all summer and he's going to get back into his stride. Do you feel that, well, first of all, do you feel that, that the, the goalkeepers now are going to come into two brackets where you're going to have a goalkeeper that's going to have, obviously attributes of, of being able to handle a ball, of shot stopping, but really you know, he's got to have good feet. He's got to be able to be, you know, be be ambidextrous to be able to pass the ball left side, right side. And, and do you feel as well as a coach that you are and a very well-respected coach that, um, that, that young players today are making a decision to be in goals too soon?
1: Um, possibly, yeah. Possibly. I was speaking about this to a coach here, at, um, obviously, at the club, and they were saying that, you know, the future for goalkeepers now, it might be that they start to, you know, decide whether they're going to be a goalkeeper later on in their careers. They might actually start out being a player. That's the way the game's going now. So I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, if the majority of players choose that position later, you know, because... I think that the way that they play now you know uh, with with goalkeepers you know willing to take the ball, accepting the pressure comfortable when strikers are you know chasing them down um, that seems to be the future and I do think it's getting phased out now the old i mean it 's probably unfair to call them old, but the um almost old fashioned style of just hoofing it up the pitch when whenever you 're under pressure, so possibly yeah, I think younger players now will you know possibly wait a little bit of a bit of time before they decide whether they want to be a goalkeeper because, essentially, the goalkeeper nowadays, especially in City's team, is like a sweeper, so to speak, or um, an extra defender, um, especially with the new rule well, it's not so new, new now, but the rule that they can't obviously take the ball in their hands um, I think that's the way that it's going, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out over the next few years.
2: It's ironic, isn't it? It's certainly 20, 30 years ago when I, well, I've been watching football longer than that, but I can remember yeah. Niall Quinn and and, and uh, Nigel Gleggon and, and Mike Doyle in the real bad uh, old days, going in goal as an outfield player, now of yeah. course we've got the capability to have a reserve goalkeeper on the bench and you wonder whether you actually need that that you could just have almost an outfield player now going in goal you could go in goal Darius <laughs>
1: I've done it a few times with the kids <laughs> and I love it but um, <laughs> I think that's my level
2: <laughs> you you mentioned it. you're working at a club for those who don't know where you are then what, what do you do these days
1: Yeah, I'm currently um, working with the Strikers at Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club. So that's at the academy. I'm based and um, I basically work, you know, um, alongside all of the age groups. I try and get around as many age groups as I can, mainly I'm with the 16s and 18s. And we just work at um, developing the Strikers and putting together a programme or a plan together to get them to improve because it's getting difficult. It's getting, you know, it's really difficult now for these kids to break through with the influx of the money in the game and the players that are able to be signed, you know, from all over the world. It's very hard for youngsters to get through and obviously they need all the help that they can get. No, I'm there to give them that little bit of an extra hand.
2: So you're going to be caught in two minds, are you, in a couple of weeks when City play at Wolves?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I'll always be loyal to the club that I'm working at. That's the way that it works for me. But obviously, um, you know, whenever City come calling, obviously like yourself to, to do some work for City, I've always been welcomed. Um, It's a great club. I'm so proud that I've represented Manchester City. You know, it's a club that stays, you know, in my heart for the longest period of time. And I look forward to going back, you know, to the stadium again in the future. So um, I think for me, obviously, it will be a great result if Wolves win. I don't think it will affect City season that much if they lost the game. Um, I'd love to see, you know, similar to last season, I think there was a cup game between City and, and Wolves and it was, it was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, anything like that will be fine for me.
2: Well, it, I, I think I can speak on behalf of all City fans because I never ever heard a bad word against you, Darius, mm-hmm. that, that you mm-hmm. have a lot of love from City fans and it is always a pleasure mm-hmm. to speak to you and to see you. So thanks very much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Darius. Bye-bye. That's Darius Vassell joining us on, on Forever Blue um, Obviously we'll, we'll remember Key moments, not least at Old Trafford From Darius mm-hmm. um, but it, in, And you've, you've heard his love for the
0: club It's nice to hear that, isn't it? It is, and I think like most players Who, who make a connection with our, with our fans and, and understand you know what it means Again, you talk about people That, uh, like I say We always say about our players in 20 years' time Where will they be? But we know Vinny, Pablo you know, Sergio. They'll I mean, be on so, they'll be on talking to us are they'll here, be, won't they? they of course they will. Of course <laughs> Well why not? Because they do they get a sense of it and, and there's no money in that. It's not about the money, it's about, you know, being being personable and, and, and in your time leaving that legacy. And I think Darius is there as you've you've said it Ian, I mean he was you know, he, every game you he played he was 100%. He wore a hundred percent absolutely wore we start on his sleeve. And and we've had players like Darius over the years that whenever they pulled on a city shirt, have always given us their role and that's what the fans want, what the fans expect. But they do respect it when you know that it's genuine, and you listen to him. Then he's very intelligent. You know, he's, he's working out as a coach, very, very uh, articulate, uh, understands the game well, understands what it means to get from from being in grassroots to being in uh, someone's first team. At the same time as 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 Grace um, the Etihad. so yeah, great lad.
2: Uh, obviously, if uh, Vincent Company or Pablo Zabaleta or anybody else that's, uh, who's at the club at the moment wants to give us a call and uh, and speak to us on excess. The more than welcome, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, these days you have to go through all the channels and current players are always very careful about what they say. But maybe one day in the one future, day. unless you want to ring in now, Vincent. Right, we've got Sean Golds on the way right after this. This is the Manchester Football Social Forever Blue with Ian Cheeseman. And uh, this is your weekly dose of all things Manchester City Don't forget on Wednesday every week as part of the Football Social I'm here as well uh, along tomorrow with Alex Borman and Joe McGrath And it's called the Wednesday Club We have a bit of fun and frivolity, we talk about City and United And uh, the great thing from my point of view, Lakey, is I can sort of gloat really at the moment <laughs> Because, uh, you know, I, d- I mean not that this is a
0: City show but you know what a contrast between City and United at the moment! It's huge, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and and certainly the it's just that that sense of of, of joy that the City fans have. You know, right? it's a real pleasure because we're properly entertained. You feel as though with Manchester United they've got quality players, they've got a very strong team. They're obviously going to be challenging for the one well, top four place as you would expect with Manchester United. But you just feel as though that that um, the manager's just start, it's, it's almost like he's he's, he's turning out. Really grumpy, and, and he's like he's not really enjoying being in, in the role. Now, that could be completely, you know, the opposite end of where he's really at, you know, but you just get the impression that everything's dour, everything's negative, you know, and you've got players like Pogba and Rashford who can set any stadium alight. You'd think that you'd be looking at the real positives about, you know, speaking players up. But instead, it's always been around not being able to get players in and he's not quite at it. And almost players that are played quite well, almost overachieving by just playing well. You know, it's, it's obviously that's a really high bar, but at the same time, it's just need to lighten up a little bit and maybe enjoy his working environment a bit more. And I think the United whereas fans will settle more. Well, as Pep comes in, smiling his face,
2: looks as if he's absolutely loving it. I don't know a city player fan at the moment. It doesn't go to every
0: game, full of the joys of spring. Well, again, you're with Pep. It, it's something that um, we, we'll, we'll see once once the series comes out. Is that yeah, he'll be he has got a stand you're it, about this Amazon thing. Yeah, on the Friday, Amazon thing. And you've you've listened to some of the sound bites of it. I've, I've been pretty much look. You know, guys, if you're not happy, then hate me. That's fine. But I expect you've so seen the, a preview of you? I've seen. I've seen. I've, not, I've only seen the clips that everybody else has seen. So it's ah, just right. that. But picked up on some of the uh, the words that that have, that have been spoken. But certainly, you get the sense that he's really challenging you know in that environment I don't think he'll dig somebody out in front of the rest of the team unless they come out themselves and try and challenge something which I don't know whether that's happened or not but certainly you know there comes a point where he's got that steel you know he's got the arm around he can be challenging but he expects I think now mate it's got to the stage where the players themselves expect and that's where Manchester United were years ago when they won title after title it was a standard set by the players by Roy Keane by Ryan Giggs by David Beckham by Gary Neville and they continued that the manager was there to guide and support and to challenge at times but it was driven by the players and i think that's where that is and that's why riad mares needs a little bit of time but he's got the quality but mendy needs to make sure that he does his job First and foremost, because if he doesn't, and time and time again he's left wanting, then all of a sudden this off-the-pitch stuff will start to become more than just a distraction. And that will start to impact on him because people will be talking about it at every given opportunity. And we know, once the press the media, you know, the broadcast media, the written media, get hold of that, they will, they're like a dog with a bone. And that can, with the best will, impact in a negative way. So he just needs to be mindful of that. But again, you've got Pep, you've got his staff, are going to manage that in the right way. Now, we we're, were hoping to speak to Sean Goat at the moment, and I don't know if he's being fed at the
2: moment, you know, because, you know, feed the goat, he will phone, or whatever. Is that the expression?
0: Is that, was that the it's song? Changed. It's changed. It's changed, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, something different a while ago. We're, we're trying to
2: get hold of him at the moment. is his absence, let's talk about the two players that you've just mentioned there. Um, Mendy, who we didn't see as much of last season as we wanted because a long-term injury, etc. And there was an interesting quote this week from Pep in a press conference, which is he could kill him. Mm. And, uh, and then after the... The game against, uh, I think that that quote comes from after the game at Arsenal. Um, there was an instant reply from Mendy when he said, you know, or the the quote was made that um, Peppard said, he, you know, he could kill him and he needs to concentrate more on his football rather than social media, etc. And Mendy, what did he do straight away on social media? On social media, put. I will try honest or something,
0: which made me laugh greatly. Mm-hmm. But in all seriousness, you're saying he does need to do that. Well, I, again, you know, every player now has got their own kind of their own IP and, and almost their own own business, you know, marketing themselves, really. And, and you know, he is well-loved and he is funny. He's genuinely got that wit and comedy timing about him, which lots of players think they have, lots of politicians think they have, and they really haven't. And we've seen that, haven't we, more recently with somebody in particular. Let's not go there. But suffice it <laughs> to say that... Although
2: you, everybody's just gone there, are not uh, they? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, but, but anyway, you know, uh, certainly w- once you're playing well week in and week out, and you're justifying your place in the team and you're creating chances you're defending when you have to defend and, and you're dominating which is what Pep will expect that's when those things can can be you know allowed but you know he's got to get into his stride you know he needs to just calm that a little bit and again after games if he's played well if he hasn't played well to say you know I've got to get better and be that humility and, and, and being real being genuine but at the same time he's got to realise that you know that can be a negativity and people are looking for it all the time you know and, and so it almost becomes like something that he has to do now because he's set that where he's doing it all the time and so that becomes distraction for him because his followers are expecting it and they'll be messaging him and challenging him and if Pep's not happy with something but straight away he's on social media even talking about it so speaking to his manager a manager that's very private in terms of it stays obviously now doing the TV thing but in terms of one to one that won't always be filmed there'll be things that he'll say to his players that are kept you know behind closed doors whether it's personal private or whether it's about football his door's always open to speak to the players but at the same time if he's responding to his manager via social media then that's a rocky road you've got to be very very careful because you can get that tone wrong how many times do people send things on an email and it can be quite curt it it can be quite humorous but the person receiving it might not see it that way and these are the things that he's got to understand he's still a young man he's growing up you know he's got lots of positivity he's loving life Life, and why would he not Is it Manchester City but at the same time he's just got to recognise and maybe other people around him maybe an agent or someone just needs to make him recognise that there's a time and a place and there's a tone to be set and you've got to manage that right and actually you illustrate perfectly I mean it might have been
2: perceived that I was making a flippant comment before and I was saying oh if you want to ring in uh, to Vincent Company or whatever you can, you can come on I'm realistic enough to know that if they do things like that let's say Benjamin Mendy rang in right now to Excess Manchester so i just heard discussion and I want to join in he'd get criticised by some people for what, what you're doing ringing into a radio station when you're a current player and going on and actually saying these things mm. and that's why the club has media officers who try to c- control all that sort of thing and limit what they say I'm not saying it's right or wrong I'm saying the world that we live in these days which is driven by sound bites, etc is very different probably than the world you played in, I mean I, I remember doing an interview with Sean Wright Phillips when he was at City, sitting down and persuading me after a lot of persuasion and a lot of persuasion with the club to sit down and do an, a long form interview with me because I used to present a series called In the Spotlight which was an in-depth conversation 35-40 minutes with one player and Sean Wright Phillips eventually did it and when I interviewed him the, the interview, the, the length of the interview was 35 minutes and I asked him 70 questions in 35 minutes. I timed it uh, and counted. And it was very frustrating and difficult to do. And halfway through that interview, I said to him, um, and I got on really well with Sean and I really liked Sean. I still really like Sean. But I said, you don't want to do this interview, do you? I said that in the interview. And immediately he dropped his shoulders a little bit and he said, no, I don't because... Every single thing you ask me, even if it's not meant with any agenda or any negativity, everybody will read into every answer that I give. And they've only got to take one sentence out of 35 minutes and take that in isolation and put it somewhere else and it can sound wrong. So I'm I'm really scared. I'm really scared of what I say to you. I'm really scared of what the press officer will say, what the club will say. Not because of you. Well, and that, and that was actually his longest, <laughs> most <laughs> revealing, and he and he relaxed a yeah, little bit after yeah, that. But yeah. but
0: that's what they're up against, isn't are, it? Yeah, they are, and also you know in terms of then how that's interpreted by by the print media, and then they, they can they they can be quite. Um, uh, on the money in terms of how they they describe a situation, but then it's edited, and these editors then can change it again. You're right, and it, and and that's so it becomes out of control. It becomes something that can spiral completely out of control. And again, because each individual person on social media has a voice, albeit how it's recognised is down to the individual. But everyone now has a voice, and that like you say this one element of that can be misconstrued, and it can it can then be that can, can set a tone, and then. On the back of that, it can be misinterpreted by by fans, groups of fans, their own fans, even by their own family. You know, so you, you, I, it, you have to be you have to be so exact. Context is everything, oh, isn't it? Oh, absolutely everything. And you see like Ilkay Gundogan as a case in point, or Vinny. You know, it's positive, it's about the game, but it's not, and it's not putting, patting themselves on the back. You know, you, you see players get that wrong as well, you know, and that can have fans get fans' backs up. It's like, you hear people say, you know, I'm a really humble person. Well, that's not for you to say. We can decide whether we feel that you are or not a humble person. And it's those things that don't understand and they get wrong and all of a sudden they get they get loads. You know, I mean, I, I did a piece with you on social media about City and United and I got loads and I got that wrong. I did because it, I got it right and I got it wrong. I'm a City fan, I love my club and I got carried away and we got beat 3-2 and I got loads from United fans and I probably deserved it. But at the same time, you know, all in all, everything considered, if you if you are measured and you're fair and you're respectful, then that's fine, and that's what that's why Mendy and other players need to look at Vinny, need to look at Ilke, and need to speak to the people at the club, the press officers, to say, look, these are the ramifications if you do put that out. But 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 fans will always say you want players to be uh, off the cuff and that that spontaneity real. you lose that unreal real and that's what they truly feel. Otherwise these these because even even Rashford, you know, he he's, he comes across. You know, so well and so measured, but almost robotic at times in his interviews, and you don't really get a sense of the person behind that. So it's, it's a difficult area to go down, mate, isn't it?
2: Well, but in that, that, you've given that example of that little mini rant that you did in the, in, in the vlog that I, I do at half time in the, the, the game at the Etihad Stadium. And I would say anybody that knows you, that, that knows how you speak, how honest you are, and hears all the things that you say, all the measured things you say, you were per- Perfectly entitled to have lots of emotion and say what you did. But the trouble is that people then pick out that one 45 seconds and judge it in isolation, yeah. which is exactly what I'm talking about context exactly. And, exactly. and isolation. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why we went in that direction, but it was interesting. Thank Hmm. you. Uh, And that's all because Sean is having his tea and can't be bothered to answer the (laughs) the bloody phone. So we'll get him on next week, and we'll chat to him next week uh, in the aftermath of the Huddersfield game, which, of course, is City's next game. We've got 45 seconds left. I mean, City... Will come up against a defensive team, but they should have the ammunition
0: to be able to break them down, shouldn't they? They should. And at the same time, it's going to be the first home game. You've got players like Riyad Mahrez who come into the side who, who want her to, to show. Now, this is the reason why I'm in this team and why I'm your know, most expensive player, and I'm going to be keeping players out. It's going to raise the standards, raise the stakes. But the city have to win this first game of the season. It's not the end of the world, but you know what Pep's like. When the Community Shield, go and beat Arsenal, go and put Huddersfield Town to the sword. It has to be done. Absolutely,
2: Lake it's always a pleasure to have you. Uh, Crossed, everything goes well, and we we'll see you sat next to me again here next week and talking about another victory for Hopefully. the Blues. Hopefully, mate. Hopefully,
0: Lucky Land
1: Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten
0: lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Haha, in my dentist's office